Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Centurion Leadership Battalion podcast, your source of accountability, inspiration, and motivation to become your best and reach your fullest potential every day. Our motto, it's simple, to use our determination to crush our everyday leadership tasks so that we dominate in our delivery of services and products to our clients and achieve victory and personal growth, profitability, and creating environments for those around us to prosper. Let's get this show started. Welcome to the Centurion Leadership Battalion podcast. This is your host, Elena. We have Justin on with us, and we're so excited to have you guys here today. We have a really exciting topic to go over, and we can't wait to jump into that. I wanted to remind everyone if you had a second, if you're not driving, if you could take a minute just to do the rating and review for our podcast and also send this to a friend. If you're listening, whether it's iTunes or Spotify, wherever you're listening, there's a little share button. You can text it over to a friend. You can DM it on Instagram or message it on Facebook. We really appreciate you sharing this with anyone you think would benefit, whether they're a leader of their own brand and business, or could just benefit from the leadership tools and skills that we share here. We greatly appreciate it. So I wanted to plug that in, in the beginning and welcome, Justin. Are you back again from Mexico today? No, I'm not back from Mexico yet today. Um, oh, so if everyone sees an audience, we've kind of not been as thorough the last three weeks of launching our podcast. And I still have two, um, podcasts that are numbered that I need to actually get to Elena and um and uh so we can release them since they're backdated but I, in case the audience has a red Instagram or anyone you can find it at Justin Bizarro uh B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O but uh you know Deborah did serve for isolation after uh testing positive for COVID in Mexico but U.S. policies uh with the CDC um actually change every week, um, which is actually a weird thing to do. I can't imagine changing my policies every week and making everyone, the rest of the world constantly juggle it. So I, and why we don't have a uniform policy to make everything easier for everyone as a UN standard, I don't know, but um, let's just put it this way. I've been in Mexico for now eight days longer than we intended. And, and while it's been nice and the weather's nice, it's a, it's a kind of stressful experience. And I still need to pass negative on a test again before they'll allow me to come home. So, and that's just because of the isolation and now we're quarantining together. Um, and we have a lot more days of that. So um, trying to make the most of it, getting a lot of work done, but um we're sort of limited here in, in our resources and how often the internet really works and stuff like that. And it's no one's fault. It's just the way things are. And so um, I will tell the audience more about it, but like in the last podcast where I was like, Oh, I'll wait until we get home. Well, that time that we're supposed to be home now has come and gone twice. So, um, and we are still here. Uh, which is very interesting, which I want to make an emphasis on the audience about this, Elena. Um, it is so important that we as humans pursue wealth. 
not because not because the traditional sense we can get in all that I can say it builds our family, it builds our legacies, it builds our financial freedom. But I have to tell you that if Deborah and I didn't have financial resources right now, this situation would have been extremely difficult. And even with those financial resources, trying to move money around and trying to deal with things and constantly not knowing whether we have to pay for the hotel, the hotel's free, who's covered with what, like having the ability to have security financially and not worry about taking money out of savings because you have enough or you have businesses or you have houses that are paid for or cars that are paid for um, and you don't have expenses and loans and debt. Um, it's very important. And, you know, the more you can eliminate debt in your life and put money away into savings and have money available for you for emergencies, it's more important than anything else. And if you're going to get exposure to the world and you're going to go do things in the world, we don't live in the same world anymore. And it's not as safe as we all think it is, particularly in the United States. So you need to both have financial resources and you need to have a physical presence. Okay, so Justin Bizarro is a very aggressive human and I'm a very intense human. That's what I do in the United States with other humans that are aggressive and intense. In the rest of the world, most humans aren't aggressive as intense as you, the United States. So here, I had to use a physical presence and the ability to work with money because money does make the world go round. In every other country, it weighs a lot. It's how you get things done. You need to have a physical presence, meaning I need to be strong enough for them to know that I'm in shape, that I take care of myself, that I'm not going anywhere, that no matter what it is, that they can see by my physique that I'm a dedicated individual. And when I say I'm not going anywhere, they're going to know I mean it because I prove it every day by standing in the office every morning. You know, so it's not always about being aggressive and it's not always about being intense. I think being aggressive is important leadership skill. I don't think it's an all-time leadership skill. I think you have to be aggressive in life, but when it comes to other humans and stuff, I don't think it's always necessary. So um, I want to talk about all of this COVID stuff in another podcast, but I'm going to wait until we actually get home. Um, but I will tell you guys that as a human that ruminates and obsesses um, over businesses and business projects, I have obsessed and ruminated over COVID policies across every country in the world over the last week. I have learned everything I know. I've learned how countries use medical research to validate stuff, how it differs, how religion pays a part of it, how morals and ethics based on cultures play a part on how we all handle COVID across the world. So we all think we're handling it the right way. But I got to tell you guys, the differences are astounding. And we all claim that we have backup science that proves it. That's a lot of people in a lot of countries with a lot of different opinions based on a lot of different cultures and a lot of different backgrounds that we're not maybe looking at. So instead of looking at, oh, we know it our way and we know it our way, what is the possible thing that we can start layering all these things over each other and finding a real solution like we would in business? Yes, it's human lives, but so is food. Starvation is a real thing. We deal with it all the time. And if we put half the amount of resources we put into COVID-19 into actually feeding our planet and saving our planet from a food standpoint, we, it, this thing, we wouldn't even have to, five years from now, we would have fixed our food problem. Seriously. I just can't believe how much money as in a world we've spent on this. And yet we don't have any real 
uniformity in the way we handle it from country to country, from doctor to doctor, from, I mean, that's a lot guys like to not have that. And we're going to talk about conformity, but to not have that unanimous decision or a lot of people feeling the same way about something like a polio vaccine. Um, that's a concern. So I'm not saying I don't know anything. I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to get into vaccines and all that. What I will get into on the podcast is leadership, how to lead yourself through these COVID things and traveling. And I will talk quite a bit about my opinion on how policies should be made for the actual human in its environment, not based on how we control the human. Um, because I can tell you firsthand what is going on right now. It's all about controlling the human. And it's in that control of the human that we keep the virus from spreading. And if we don't think that that's what it is, let me tell you, you get isolated behind closed doors, locked with security, and you haven't even committed a crime. But anyway, so let's talk about conformity and adaptability, Elena, because I think that's our topics for today. Yeah, and um, our topic for today of what is the difference between adapting as a leader versus conforming as a leader. All right. I love this. And we're going to talk about this today because this is going to branch us into this whole COVID-19 leadership thing that I've gone through. And again, I'm not going to judge anyone for the decisions they've made. I believe everyone that's out there in the world is doing the best they can to try to solve this. I think there are weak men out there that use this to get power, men and women. I think weak men and women, and I've seen it here as well, and I've seen it in communications, like dealing with some of the things in the United States. Weak men and women use positions of authority for power to benefit themselves or benefit control over someone because it gives them power instead of earning it like we talk about in another podcast. So these two topics, conformity, adaptability, have a lot to do with one, how you deal with weak men or weak leadership. And when I say men, I mean men and women, but just to be sexist, because someone will call me, I generally think there's probably more weak men that seek power than weak women. So and use it in the wrong way. At least history would say that to me. I know we have equal rights and stuff and maybe that'll all change. But right now, as history would tell it, um, there's more weak men that abuse power and hurt humans than there are weak women that use power. I'm not saying there aren't weak women. I'm just saying they don't necessarily seek power to abuse people and gain confidence from power. <clears throat> So let's, what are the definitions, uh, Elena, of conformity, conformity and adaptability? And sort of what are your takes on both of them from a business standpoint? Sure. So I think when we use those words, sometimes people use them, you know, interchangeably, but they actually are completely different definitions. So the definition of adaptability is the quality of being adaptable which is able to adjust to new conditions. And the definition of conformity is the state of things being similar or identical. So kind of just conforming, you know, you would think, all right, I have to change. It's kind of more forced. 
Um, and I did some research on the topic just in terms of leadership. And I was really interested with what I was able to find. So I'll give an example, um, a marketing example of a way you can kind of distinguish between these two definitions. So let's say, you know, today we're in the day and age of technology and social media and business. So if there was an older brand or business or company, you know, owned by some people a few generations back, and they're having to, you know, have this new technology come in social media, Facebook, Instagram, and they don't know, you know, what it even is. They've never had a website, all these things. Um, an example of adapting would be, you know, this, this brand, these business people saying, great, you know, we're going to make a website. We're also going to make whatever a Twitter account is, because that's going to help us engage our customers. We're going to really take this in stride and work with it. Conforming um, would be someone saying, you know, fine, we'll make a website since we have to, since it's the new thing. Um, so basically adaptability is just someone that is more willing to take that change in stride versus just saying, I have to conform to this. I have to do this. So I would argue that adaptability is a more positive definition with conforming being, you know, the more negative of the two. I agree with you. I have a question for you, Elena. Would you and I, and I have my opinion on this, and I've also looked at this, but I think, uh, Elena, it's important that, you know, what you said, and I think we distinguish, and I'm going to ask the question because I want to know your opinion, and then I have an opinion, and then I've done research on it, but John Maxwell is the first person I've known that really came, like, started differentiating the terms of adaptability and conformity, at least that I know of, and so I'm not the first one, and we're not the ones to talk about it, and actually it really resonated with me as I'm dealing with the COVID thing uh, here in, in Mexico and then back and forth and, and what we are as humans and how we are and what do we naturally do. So I was speaking very curious and I remember, like, I can't tell you guys, the weirdest thing is the John Maxwell lessons, guys, and I'm going to, I'm selling someone else on the podcast, okay? Like, you want to get off, hit the pause button go download a book and go listen to John Maxwell's like one minute hours on his podcast or whatever. I recommend doing it. He's the, one of the best leaders in the world. I lead differently some ways and I'm actually, I'm in a food business. So my, our, my leadership perspective is different. I'm in manufacturing, I'm in hard things and tangible things, but mo almost everything he says, I can translate into something I do. I don't always use the things exactly because leaders have to um, adapt to their environment. That means I need to adapt what I learn to my experiences, to my exposure. But I really would say that John Maxwell is probably the top person that I know from the leadership philosophy standpoint, like the overall standpoint, also having the experience in the subject matter that really resonates. There's a lot of leaders that I really look up to, and I think they're hard and to the point. Jocko Willink is one of them because he takes that military edge and that straightforwardness, but John Maxwell is the best. In my opinion, right now, if we were to say what the Centurion Leadership Battalion podcast, if I felt it were ever to truly be successful, and this is a hard line, and a lame is probably because, but if I were actually to ever consider the Centurion podcast successful, it's not if it ever made money or there were lots of fans or downloads, it would be whether I made a bigger impact than John Maxwell. Because he set the highest standard. Like if I'm going to do it, I got to, I want to achieve, be as good as the best. And then I want to take from the best 
and improve it for the next generations because that's what adaptability is. It's I'm taking something that's great that someone's already done and I'm making it even better. But conformity is more or less that I'm, it's okay, it's the status quo, let's just leave it how it is because everyone says it's good enough and if it's not broken, let's not fix it. So my question for you, Elena, is on a, I'm going to talk about businesses, I'm going to talk about humans, I'm going to talk about organizations because I want a little back and, fluff, back and forth. But in your opinion, would you say more, m- most humans are conformists or more, m- most humans are adapters? Yeah, I would say that, you know, most people, in my opinion, would be conformists. I think we do a lot of group think, especially lately, especially in terms of everything that's been going on in the country the past few years with, you know, COVID and all the, you know, racial conversations that we've had going on the past two to three years, especially. And I would say, you know, with social media, I think it makes it easier for people to conform. Uh, without doing their own research, without looking into things for themselves. It's easier to, you know, conform with these ideas and go with the masses um, in terms of, you know, your opinions, your beliefs, all of these things. So I would say, I would say definitely my opinion would be people tend to conform more than they do adapt. I think, you know, someone who adapts is willing to learn about things and research things and kind of advocate for themselves and their own opinions. Someone who conforms is just like, okay, this is what everyone else is doing. This is what everyone else is thinking. This is what everyone else believes. So I'm just going to hop in with the crowd here. And I agree with you. I think conformists try to fit in and I think they don't want to upset things and they're very, they're easily I don't know how to describe it, but they easily mold into their situation. They're moldable. And a lot of humans were heavily influenced by, by things, social media, things like that. That's why we call it influencers. But what we don't realize is that we're not thinking, yes, it's great. We want to be influenced. Of course, social media is a great thing. I'm obviously, we try to do it. Elena and I, Elena's larger influencer than I am. And we have Trevor who's hunting down the pack now that doing quite a job um, and gaining his followers. But in terms of influencing people, like it's, it's, it's very interesting because are we pushing people to be the same and conform to a way of life? Are we pushing people to adapt and grow in themselves? And that's one of the things like, what are we influencing when we do things? You know, I think we need to make money. So I want to influence people. I'm going to give reviews. I'm going to give things about products, all very important. I think if you stick to your core values and the things you believe in, like Elena does, I think it's essential. If you're not conforming, you're adapting. So I wanted to make that point right there. If Elena were conforming, she'd take every product on, even if she believed in it or not. But I don't see Elena doing it. And maybe I'm wrong, but I don't see that. Or I see her adapting, meaning she's staying true to herself. She's staying true to her core values. And she's building something like right now it's the stuff because she's uh, about to be a mom. So Elena, I know I'm talking about you in third person while you're on the phone. So it's a little bit weird um, or on the interview. But I'm, when I'm, I'm trying to do it for the audience is that that's adaptability. Adaptability means, oh, I'm not going to, I think that everyone's going to like it if I wear Air Jordan. So I'm going to put Air Jordans on my photo, even though I don't like them. Like I wear the stuff, I put the stuff in my social media and I influence what's true to me. I don't try to manipulate people or conform so I get people to like me. 
And that's, I think, is really important to what you said is I, if I'm conforming to fit in or getting people to like me, then we're not growing anything. We're just hitting the status quo. And um, adaptability is our ability to free think, I think. So I'll give you an example. We've, we started building houses as humans. And adaptability is this what has allowed us to have mansions today or castles. Okay, we've adapted, we approved on a previous thing. We didn't conform and say we should only live in a hut. You know, we can talk about the consequences or whatever consumerism some other time if someone wants to get into it. But what I am saying is that we adapted and we improved on our houses, fire codes, electric codes, plumbing codes, we adapted and improved. But if we, if we don't adapt and we don't believe in challenging things and making them better, um, especially in our governments, um, especially when we're talking about it's okay to adapt and go backwards and take laws away or take things away like, oh, maybe we passed this law in this house, but it's causing fires. Maybe we shouldn't do that. Like we do that when that happens, but in our government and in our policies, when we make a bad law and it has disastrous effects, we don't do the same thing and counteract the law. We're, our egos, our politicians, everyone's is, are too big to ever admit they made a mistake and retract something. So adaptability is my ability to fail, I think. It's my willingness to move forward. It's my willingness to try new things. Um, and it's seriously a mindset that knows I know nothing compared in, to the world of information. I am constantly trying to get more and more information to get an advantage or a competitive advantage over someone else. Because in today's world, adaptability and your brain is really the only competitive advantage you have in the world anymore. Like, like I'm in food, like I'm fighting an unfair battle, guys. Like I, I am 100% fighting an unfair battle in the United States. The United States should be protecting my ass in food and watching out for their own. No, I'm fighting my own government on policies of bringing in food from China and all over the world instead of encouraging local food and local farmers and local economies. And I don't even care if you want to talk about it from a price point, fine, we can argue price, but from a nutrition standpoint and a feeding of the population and malnutrition and obesity because of lack of nutrition, Obesity is because people keep eating because they're not getting the nutrients. Their body is starving for the nutrients. So they keep eating junk and never getting them. That's what happens. And then it becomes some mental thing that goes along with it of self-loathing and, and whatever else that we add into it when we don't get in the right habit in the first place. And we don't even, we want the government watch over the people. We are bringing shit into the country. We're not, we conformed to COVID. We conformed to it so bad we messed up our food chain, our logistics system, and we're now no longer completely self-reliant on our own food system, which would, like, if anybody doesn't realize, I know empires fall regardless of food and how much they have. We talked about in the last one, but really we have to adapt to what's going on here. And if we're conforming to commercialized food in, in its mass production, and we had an agricultural revolution and we have an industrial revolution, but we've industrially revolutionized our food and it's processed. 
it's bad and it's coming from foreign countries that don't follow our food codes even close. And the nutrients and stuff that are going into those vegetables and fruits and fish and and cows and whatever else, pigs that we're buying from overseas now, guys, it's not the same. And if you know anything about importation in the United States, one of the reasons we have a different system than the metric system is because back in the day when we became a country, we didn't have the resources to guard importation. So we created a different measurement system to translate it into the United States so we could track if things were illegally brought into the country. Because if they weren't translated into a new system, our measurement systems, then it meant they weren't, they didn't go through immigration properly. We created systems so the world had to adapt to us. So we did it from an economic standpoint because we didn't have the money, we didn't have the military, We didn't have the ability to stand up to the world, but even back in the colonial periods, we knew we were a growing country and we were a market for the world. We still are. 250 years ago, they realized it. 250 years ago, 50 years, we realized we are the marketplace for the world. Even World War II emphasized it afterwards when we supplied the whole world and then the world came back to us for our marketplace. So the fact that we don't realize that a democratic nation is the marketplace for the entire world because democracy encourages consumerism, we're missing something here. Because the pursuit of happiness and liberty and those things that we have in the United States, a lot of it has to do with wealth and consumerism. So if we're conforming, we're just accepting the things that happen to us. We're conforming to them. We're okay with them. We're okay with what's being done in our food chain. We're okay with being locked away in isolation without ever having fucking committed a crime. It's crazy. And no one seems to agree on any of the the facts in any country. And that's another thing. Everyone is just conforming until their national policies. And I know we're used to that as people and humans, but If I could do one thing in my life, like right now, what I've realized over the last few things and and what I'm going in anyway, is if I could do one thing in the world that I would like to leave behind, is if this podcast or podcast tomorrow, or there's something that I spark in other brilliant humans or the whole human race, is that we have borders, we have boundaries, we have all these things, we have different cultures that make us go to war and you know, you know, Middle East against the United States and Western versus Eastern and, you know, Islam versus Christianity and Judaism and so on and so forth. But the reality is, is once if we look at our fundamental biology, yes, we're different from human to human, but we're actually all human species. The only ones left homo sapiens. And so if we don't adapt, and we don't grow and we don't go beyond our our governments and our nations, and we don't step up as a whole as a humans to do what's right. Like we have more power than our governments by just being good humans. But yet we want it because we know that bad humans exist and evil humans exist that abuse power. That's why we have governments in place to put checks and balances in place, hopefully, or to protect the citizens, depending on what it is. Democracies have one goal, you know, monarchies have another goal dictatorships have another goal communism has another goal right none of them are the same 
But if we could fundamentally see that that's just a difference in the way we group humans together or quote unquote, it's just a different way we domesticated ourselves. We will start to realize that we can step above this. And if I were to leave anything, it would be, we are all humans. We all can come together. We could be one world and one nation if we understood that the thing we need to worship, the thing that we need to go after the most is food, water, and the future of humanity. Like we can have Christianity, we can have Islam, we can have all of it. Believe me, we can practice it all freely and I, whatever we can say. But if we understand that the fundamental right, no matter what happens after we die, not what happens with our character or what we leave behind as, as humans, if we all came together to feed each other the right way and save the planet at the same time, we wouldn't have the international boundary issues we have. And I know it's saying a lot because we built this world on colonialism with boundaries and borders, but it's a modern human thing. And the only reason we did it because it was an easy way for us to belong to something, us to find purpose in something. And obviously for some of us, we want to be free and we believe in democracy or freedom for those, all the people that came to the United States and flooded there, they wanted a better way of life. But there's no reason there can't be a better way of life for all humans, regardless of how we're domesticated in our governments or how we're done. And I use that word because I want to emphasize that that's what the government is. It's no different than us, how we do animals. The government is by which we function as humans. It's our pen. It's our field. It's our farm. It's our barn. And I got to tell you, being a human and going through what I just went through, I'm a domesticated human right now. I am subject to what everyone else does. And that's okay. That protects other humans and other rights. I get the purpose of all of it. But it'd be a lot easier if we all understood as humans that we were able to expand our minds in, a, in adaptability and not conformity. And if we all had adaptability and we all thought about growth, and we all thought about leading the difference would be massive. And I'm not talking about leading for my own power. I'm like talking about, we have to do this for 300 years down the road. And heaven or no heaven, um, we want to do this while we have the chance to make a difference. So we're known now and heaven or whatever afterlife we believe in, I think we would all want to look back and like to look down or wherever it is to say that we've made an impact. And out of all generations, I think we unintentionally, we can talk about advances in IT and, and biochemistry and stuff like that, but we've, and, and are we growing and for humans? Yeah, but I think that in terms of what we're doing for human existence in the long term, we can have all the medicine we want and we can try to create all the food we want and stuff. It's just, it seems crazy to me that we would not adapt to our environment and adapt to what we have. Instead, we're trying to make things and then conform to them which we're still animals, we should still be adapting to our environment and our food sources. We shouldn't be conforming. So, um, Elena, I got a few questions. I mean, in business, um, 
do you have, do you think companies are adaptable are conforming? I mean, we see a lot of entrepreneurs out there. Um, I'm just curious what your thoughts are. I mean, as you meet people and you, you've got more into this role and more into food service partners and better with bacon fat, primal rock, grown strong, et cetera. Um, I mean, what is your thought? I mean, are, are entrepreneurs more adaptable than others? I mean, how do you feel about it just as a topic? I would say that I think most entrepreneurs are, you know, adaptable and willing to adapt. I think because when you have ownership of something, you know, you're more willing to grow and change, you know, with, with, the, with what's coming and with what's new in the times and, and what's popular and what's working for others. And there's an excerpt from a website uh, called Successful Regardless. And it says conformity subjects you to the passive mindset of if this is what I have to do in order to succeed, then so be it instead of the active mindset of adapting, which sounds like I see what's on the horizon, but I still have a desired direction and destination for my life and business. So I can and will adjust my sales to account for the changes without being thrown off course. So kind of like I shared earlier, adapting is definitely a more active mindset than conforming, which is just more passive because with adapting, you have to be creative. You have to take action. And then conforming can sometimes lead to resentment uh, because you're not taking, you know, your part or action in the changes. It's just more passive. You're, you're thinking I have to do this. This is what I have to do. So, you know, adapting is just actively growing within, within that environment and conforming is just going with the changes. You're not really taking any direct action on that. So I would say that, you know, most entrepreneurs, most business owners are willing to adapt because they have these overall goals. They have the overall mission. So they know that in order to reach that, they have to adapt. They have to make changes. They have to do these things Um, versus if you're just, you know, I don't want to make it sound like you have to be a business owner or a brand owner. I think, you know, if you're more of an employee of a brand and your boss is down telling you, you have to do this, you have to do this obviously you're going to do it because that's your boss and that's your role and that's your paycheck, but you know, you're more, you're conforming. Um, I think there can be times, you know, employees who go above and beyond, they do adapt to those changes, but I think, you know, it just depends on the individual personality. And I think it's one of those things that those leadership skills that we always talk about that you have to develop over time. I think adaptability is definitely one of those. I agree with you. And I really, and I'm just going to say this, I'm going to upset someone, I'm sure. But I really, even in democracy, there's a tendency to be more adapters. There's more adaptability. But even in democracy, most people are conformists. They don't actually think on their own and they don't vote outside what everyone else is. Everyone tends to vote in chunks for Democrats or Republicans. We tend to think we only have one choice or one, one choice or another. And it based on political parties, yes, but we've sort of conformed to this ideal, right? We don't have any other options. Either we're Republican or Democrat. There's no like possible like adapter party, for example. Like, hello, maybe we could all be leaders and maybe neither side's right. No, we're just going to conform that we have to choose one side or the other. And there are little parties here that sprout up. And again, they're not adapting. They're sort of identifying a problem and they're conforming around that problem, whether it's the environment, whether it's labor, whether it's, you know, libertarianism, um, which is more of an ideal. But again, it's a conforming. Uh, if we go to libertarianism, 
we would a libertarian would come into power necessarily and actually just adapt our democracy to more of a libertarian view that would be an adapter for an example i use the word libertarian because it fits in democracy and it's another party ish that has some weight in the united states but by weight i mean it's probably less than 0.005% but it's probably significant enough that people believe in libertarianism but still vote dem democratic or republican so um this is what i'm going to say sorry i got in the weeds there and i confused myself a little bit but what i want to say is if you go to an economist country i've been to china and you look at um what i would call the domesticating of humans through government and regimes and stuff like that the Chinese, if you look in a cows or sheep and the way we deal with farm, the Chinese move very much that way. They have conformed to a way of life of communism where it's very much that we're all domesticated. And if you watch, they go to work or they go to Tenement Square or whatever. It's very much in line. It's very much regulated. It's very much everyone moving at the same time. And it's very much looking like ants in a line. It's they've conformed to their life. Everyone falls in line everyone expects it there's not much challenging of it there's of course entrepreneurs and opportunists in china of course there's some adapters do not get me wrong and of course i know everyone says there's as many billionaires in china as there are in the united states i would hope so they have like three times the population if not five times the population of us at this point or even more i don't even know anymore but my point being is conformity when we do it and when we don't realize we're doing it, it leads to things like socialism, communism, and the Nazi right. All those people conformed to kill the Jews. They didn't adapt. Hundreds of innocent good men that would have probably been good men and not committed a single hate crime in their life conformed and turned into really bad, evil men. And it happens throughout history. Conformers eventually over time, if there's too much conformity, bad things happen. And I, we can talk about China all the time, but guys, we all know human rights. We all understand them. We all believe in them. And I agree we have a population growing problem in the world, but it's nothing that can't be fixed with food and adaptability. It doesn't mean we need to stop growing creating more humans we do need to feed them though so adaptability is make sure that we don't go into another world war that we that we are out there in the world making sure there isn't sex trafficking or child abuse or or whatever else we're talking about mass genocides because genocides and mass murders and evil things, guys, I'm gonna take it way beyond John Maxwell. It all starts with the individuals that start conforming. And the more individuals that conform around an idea or a person or an ideal, the stronger that person and that ideal and that power gets. And the more, if it's a weak person that is seeking conformity in the first place, which weak leaders do, weak leaders want conformity, weak leaders want everyone to be the same, yes, I. I say it all the time. I want everyone rowing in the same direction. That doesn't mean I'm asking them to conform. That means I, at the end of the day, we get tons of different ideas 
And at the end of the day, we all agree and we get back in and we row in the direction, but we're not conforming ever. We're adapting constantly. So if I were to leave anyone with anything and why this subject means so much to me, it's not only in our businesses and our free markets. We need to stop conforming to the world standards if we're the United States. And if we're in the world and we're humans and we're listeners, each one of us inside our head needs to start getting an adaptive mentality and start challenging things just a little bit. It's okay. And it's okay to be a little rebellious. And it's okay to question things as a human. And it's okay to question another human's intent. Because not all humans have the same intent. And like I said, even if a weak human's not realizing it, they think they're good leaders by getting people to conform. You can't train them another way. Just sometimes people can't unweak whatever's done in their life. And they've gotten to power by using formity and control and power, intimidation, or whatever method manipulation, not all necessarily, just one of them would do. But conformity and conforming to things we are weak leaders if we do that. I don't know how else to put it. And when we conform and we become weak, it's very dangerous, guys, because we ourselves could become the very good people that do bad things when you conform. And so on a philosophical leadership thing, 100%. But on a global human citizen of the world thing and what history would tell us for hundreds of thousands of years, because guess what, the guys, I, hate, I think the very first profession we probably ever really considered was an accountant because we had to track everything, food, all of it, humans and civilizations. But we have to not just conform. There are certain things we need, like measurements. There are certain things we need to categorize each other, you know, just to, for the humans because the accounting. But that doesn't need to mean we need form to the categorization. Because we're one person's black, white, Caucasian, whatever on a box doesn't mean we need to conform it into our society. It's just a way of identifying us for whatever accounting purposes, whether it's population count, whether it's whatever. It's not right. And we can say we should do it differently, but it's just an identification tool for accounting. Really, at the end of the day, all the boxes we check in the doctor's office, the racial things, the ethnic things, it's all about accounting. That's it. It's about tracking the dad and the person. And most people don't care who are filling out the forms, what it is that you are. They're just trying to collect the data. So we're conforming by thinking it means more than that. And we're conforming by putting such an emphasis on it that we're not realizing that we're all the same, even though we may be biologically different. We're all the same. We all need to eat. We all need to drink water. We all need a roof over our head. And we all need to procreate to provide future generations. And we all need to educate the future generations to do better than we did. That means we can't teach our kids by modeling conformity ourselves. So for modeling conformity ourselves, we're encouraging the next generations to do it. So thank you guys. Elaine, I don't know if you have anything you wanted to wrap up, but I love the subject and appreciate everyone listening in. Yeah, I think that we really covered everything for this episode. So we appreciate you guys being here and listening in. And we hope to have you join us on the next episode. Have a great day. Bye.